Welcome to the Classroom Commute Podcast, a podcast for elementary teachers who want to feel inspired each week on your ride into school. I'm your host, Rachel, and my goal is to give you simple and actionable 21st century teaching strategies that you can take into your classroom to spark the love of learning in your students. You are already amazing, and together we're going places. Thanks for taking me along for the ride. Hey teachers, happy summer. Have you heard? We're switching things up here on the Classroom Commute podcast and we're trading in our daily drive to school with a summer teacher road trip. What's that mean? Well, each week this summer, we are visiting some of the most popular tourist destinations, aka the most popular podcast episodes of this past school year. So listen in, get re-inspired, and best of all, make sure you have joined our email family so that you can snag some exclusive freebies that only they will get and get access to hot summer deals at the Classroom Nook Teacher Shop. We'll link up all the details in the show notes so you don't miss out. All right, grab your favorite road trip snack and let's get started. Everybody loves games. Even Albert Einstein agreed. He said that games were a form of investigation. Games allow students to flex their critical thinking skills and use strategies and evaluate and apply new knowledge. And I'll tell you one little story from my own childhood. When I was little, probably, I don't know, first grade or so, I remember playing Twister with my family. So you know that game with all the big dots, the colored dots on the mat, you roll it out and you do the little spinner and it you know tells you to put your right hand on red or your left foot on yellow and things like that. And eventually you're really twisted up and you fall. And at that age, I was constantly getting my left and my right messed up. Well, I have this vivid memory of playing this game Twister in our living room. And finally, after playing it and playing it and playing it, being able to remember my right from my left. It was like a light bulb finally went off in my head. I know it's a silly example, but a perfect one to illustrate how playing a game helped me to apply new knowledge and not just apply it, but retain it long term. Games are in our everyday life. You may not think about it, but they're there. Have you ever earned reward points for shopping at a certain store or eating at a certain restaurant? After earning a specific amount of points, you usually get a discount or getting a certain amount of punches on your punch card, you might get a free coffee or whatever it may be. Our life is often gamified because companies know that we're motivated by things like points and free stuff. They know it motivates us to spend more money with them or come to their restaurant. It's an incentive. It's a reward. And I think a lot of times in the classroom, rewards and incentives get a bad rap because we want our students to be intrinsically motivated to do the things that they're being asked to do. And that is not a wrong way to think. Of course, we want our students to be intrinsically motivated. However, we live in a world that is often extrinsically motivated, and that's okay too. We need to get our students to learn, and one of the ways we can do that, not the only way, but one of the ways that we can do that is by making it fun, making rewards out of it, incentivizing them. And so gamification is all about that. It's giving them a fun experience, they're motivated to do, and want to get whatever reward or incentive it may be. It's just one piece of the puzzle, but it's an important piece. 
I recently watched this interesting TED Talk by a AP biology teacher from Montana. His name was Paul Anderson, and he did a little experiment with his students that I thought was really interesting, although not surprising. Just listen. He put up his laptop in the front of his classroom, and he set up the video game Angry Birds, which I don't think is as popular now, but in this time when he did it, it was huge. All the kids were playing it. And next to his laptop, he didn't say anything, but he had a piece of paper that said play and it had an arrow pointing to the laptop. So as the students came in that day, they took turns playing this game on his laptop. And the teacher also set up a webcam to capture his students as they were playing. And what he saw was that his students didn't even question it. They were eager and they were willing to participate. They wanted to play the game. They cheered each other on. They worked together to beat the level. And to be honest, I've never played Angry Birds, so I don't really know what the levels are. But the point is they were working together. They were all willing to try and they were all willing to fail until they finally had success. Now, I'd love for you to check out this TED Talk. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's just about 10 minutes long, but it's really, interesting and eye-opening to us as teachers. And in the TED Talk, Paul Anderson, the teacher, says that he had some key takeaways from his experiment that were really powerful and made a lasting impression on him and how he approaches his classroom. And the first key takeaway that he had was that students want to participate when something is fun and school should be fun. The second thing that he really took away from this experiment was that failure is okay. Like in video games, we have to fail at a level time and time again before we can beat that level. But the failure itself is not the important part. It's the learning that comes from trying. And boy, I can attest to this. When I was growing up, Mario Brothers and all that was super popular, Nintendo, and we never had it growing up as kids, but all my friends had it. And my husband also had it. Obviously, I didn't know him at the time, but knowing him now, he was a huge fan of those Nintendo games. And so recently for my daughter's birthday, he bought an old gaming system. He kind of rigged up our TV, our computer, something. I can't really tell you how, but he somehow has access to now all these Nintendo games. And so I have certainly played with them before, but I never got good at it. And my goodness, playing it is so much harder than you think when you're just watching, especially when you're watching somebody like my husband who played it for years and years and years and got really, really good at it. I for sure failed over and over and over just to pass one level, but I was also motivated to keep doing it because I wanted to get to the end of that level. His second takeaway, key takeaway, was that failure is okay and that by failure, we're learning out of it. And the third takeaway that he had was that we should treat our classrooms like levels of a video game. As a player in a video game, you can go through the levels of that game as quickly or as slowly, like myself, as your abilities allow you to. My husband can go through those levels one after another because he's done it so many times. Whereas me, boy, I'm playing the same level over and over and over until I kind of, in my brain, memorize the moves and memorize where that coin is and that trick trap is and all those things. It takes me a lot longer and somebody else is a lot quicker. In the classroom, oftentimes I feel like we are all trying to move through the same level at the same time. But if you treat your classroom like a video game, you're not being held back waiting for others to catch up or you're not forced to go any quicker than you're ready for. And of course, all this takes intention and planning so that you can provide these learning experiences for your students that allow that more fluid motion through levels, so to speak. But it's something that we should be striving for. 
And in his TED Talk, he goes on to talk about how these key takeaways that he got from his little experiment revolutionized the way that he approached teaching and how he approached his students. And as he reflected, he began to apply elements of games to his teaching and realized that gamification in the classroom is powerful. It promotes communication, cooperation, and even a healthy dose of competition, which we all know often increases student motivation. Games give students practice with problem-solving learning through trial and error and so much more. But I want to talk more than just about playing games in the classroom because you're likely already playing games in your classroom, in your small groups or your centers, or maybe even as a whole group. And these we know are great ways to motivate students and give them fun opportunities to apply what they are learning. But at the heart of gamification is taking those elements that make games so engaging and applying them to other kinds of learning activities in the classroom. And these elements include things like earning points towards something, earning badges that indicate achievement, using leaderboards to promote healthy competition among the players, aka your students, and keeping track of checkpoints and levels to show progress toward a goal. All of these elements are in games that we play and they're what make the learning that game so much fun. And so those are the elements that we want to extract from what we know about playing games and they could be video games, they could be board games, it could be whatever type of games. We wanna take those elements and apply them to our instructional practices. These are the elements that we can take from the gaming world and apply to a classroom setting. When we infuse these game-like features into our classroom, students begin to take more ownership of their learning. They have more room to fail and try again. They are given opportunities to track and celebrate accomplishments, and they begin feeling part of the community within their classroom. So I want to break these elements down one by one because I want you to walk away with some ideas and some actionable tips to help you add more gamification to your own classroom. And here's what's so nice about gamifying your instruction. It does not require an overhaul of your instruction. You do not need to, you know, kind of strip it back down to the studs. You can layer gamification over top of what you are already doing. So let's take this element by element so that you can kind of see how this might work in your classroom. Let's first begin by talking about points and badges. This is not a new concept. In fact, if you think about it, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts have been earning badges as part of their programs for a century or more. They work towards a certain accomplishment, which usually requires learning a new skill, applying that skill, and mastering that skill. And once they do, they get a badge to show their accomplishment. We can do this in the classroom as well. You can assign point values for tasks or skills or activities within a certain content area that students complete in the classroom. And when those points are received, students can earn a badge. And it can be a paper badge. It could be whatever you know symbol represents that accomplishment. And of course, these badges can be put on display for everyone to see. Students love that recognition. And it just goes and shows students that you are acknowledging the hard work that they're putting in. This can be done for a unit long process. So you have maybe badges that they earn throughout the unit. It could be a quarter long process, or it could be even a series of badges that students earn throughout the school year. So you just need to decide what you want these badges to represent and how they're going to be passed out throughout whatever time period you choose. The other element is leaderboards. So the concept of badges and getting points kind of leads us into the concept of leaderboards. 
As students earn points and badges, they move up and down a leaderboard. And a leaderboard is essentially just a ranking of where students land in how they're performing. This promotes a sense of accomplishment as well as motivates others to earn their spot, that coveted spot on the leaderboard. You can have a whole class leaderboard or even a small group leaderboard. Now, of course, leaderboards do have the potential to make students at the bottom feel kind of bad about themselves. So use them with care. You might consider only having a leaderboard that displays the top 10 or top five, however big your class is, you know, pick a number that makes sense so that no student has to see their name at the bottom of the leaderboard. So leaderboards are a great layer of gamification that you can add to your instruction. Another element that comes from games that we can apply to the classroom is the idea of checkpoints and levels. One of the most fun and motivating features of a game is the ability to pass through certain levels and checkpoints along the way. And as students complete a certain objectives, whether that be the objective of finishing an assignment or a skill or a task or whatever it may be, allow them to keep track of their progress and give them some sort of incentive for reaching that level. Maybe at a certain level, they earn a special reward like lunch in the classroom with a friend or extra recess time, whatever might be appealing to your students. Checkpoints and levels can be tracked through a progress bar chart where all the levels are plotted out like a bar graph, and then students can just color in their progress bar as they go past the certain levels. So the leaderboard is a great visual to help students see how they stack up against the other quote unquote players in the classroom, but the checkpoints and the level progress bar can give them a visual of where they are individually on their own journey. So earning badges and points and leaderboards and assigning checkpoints and levels to your curriculum, those are three really common gamification elements that we can apply to the classroom and they can really fit right into what you're already doing in your classroom. But now I wanna talk some logistics. When you start using some of these gamification features in your classroom, you want to do so in an intentional way. You don't want to gamify every little single thing in your classroom because that could get confusing and overwhelming for your students, not to mention it could be a headache for you to monitor. Instead, look for areas in your classroom where you notice that motivation and engagement tends to be lacking. These are the areas where you can use gamification to kind of breathe new life into that. You can also start simple with just one area that uses gamification elements and add on from there. Take the lead from your students, find out what works and what doesn't. You also want to set clear expectations. Just like any game has a rule, your gamification of your learning experiences should also have a rule. So make sure students are clear on the process and you have clearly outlined their pathway to success. Also consider how you can allow for more student choice. Remember, one of the goals for gamifying in your classroom is to increase motivation. Your students are motivated in different ways. So as students progress through levels, offer them choices in the types of incentives and rewards that they might earn. So before I sign off today, I want to leave you with a few questions that you can ask yourself to help you take action if you feel like gamification is a good fit for your classroom. The first question is simply asking yourself, what areas of instruction in your curriculum do you find a lack of motivation and engagement from your students? For me, it was always math. I don't know if it was because I'm not a huge math lover or if I struggled with math myself as a student, but I always dreaded teaching math, especially those abstract concepts. So this would be a great area to add a layer of gamification. Actually, I recently did do this when I recently 
created a brand new Linktivity that just came out inside of our Linktivity Learning membership. A lot of members had been asking for more math Linktivities because I think they too found that that area of their classroom could use more interactive learning experiences that layered on games. So I went back and forth on exactly how to do this and eventually came up with the idea of a mystery picture style Linktivity where students would reveal a small portion of a picture each time they answered a question correctly. And as they worked through the through the Linktivity, in this case, it was one on equivalent fractions, more and more of that picture was revealed. And here's one little side note that I wanna point out. You want to make sure that the gamification element that you're adding to whatever it is that you're adding it to doesn't distract or take away from what you're actually wanting them to learn. We don't wanna make it so complicated for how they progress through levels or earn points or whatever it may be. We don't want that to be the focus for students. We just want it to be an added bonus. So really take some time and think it through to make sure sure that the gamification is just that, an added bonus, and it's not going to actually distract or take away or take more mental energy from your students to actually participate with that gamification. So it's just a little side note. So ask yourself, where in your curriculum do you tend to see low engagement and low student motivation? Maybe it's a topic or subject you yourself don't like teaching. Adding that layer of gamification could also motivate not just your students to want to learn it, but could motivate you to want to teach it. A second question is how can adding one or more elements of gamification, so badges, points, leaderboards, levels, and checkpoints, how can adding one or more of those elements help breathe new life into that topic, subject, or area that you you know, reflected on in that first question. Where is it already low motivation? Where is low engagement? How could adding gamification breathe new life into that area? Where could earning points or badges fit in? How can dividing up the curriculum into checkpoints and levels work so that students can progress through them in a way that makes sense? You can also ask yourself, what tools do you already have access to that would make gamification easier? Tools like Kahoot or Quizlet are popular apps that are easy to get and install on your students' digital devices to make gamifying your instruction easy. And we'll link to both of those apps in the show notes for you to explore. Sometimes I think we forget that we have access to these types of tools and they've already done the legwork in making this style of learning possible, so we just need to be reminded of them and begin using them with our students. Another question to ask yourself is, what do you need to consider about your students, your specific students, before implementing any gamification elements in your classroom? We talked briefly about how the leaderboard might make students feel. Do you have students in your classroom that are sensitive to things like that? How can you make it work for your students specifically? And along those same lines, What specifically motivates your students? Be sure that you're creating an ongoing list, paying attention to those things that students get motivated by so that you can draw from that list when you are incentivizing your students. And lastly, what is one thing that you can start doing right now in your classroom to begin gamifying your instruction? Let's take action together. And like I said before, start simple and get fancy later. I don't know where I originally heard that phrase, but I love it because it reminds us that we don't have to come out of the gate having this all figured out and having it perfected. We can start simple, We can take one step in the right direction and build from there and find what motivates our students. We can find what lights our students up and then do more of that. 
All right, that is all I have for you today. I hope this got the wheels turning in your head. I hope that you'll begin to start using some gamification elements with your students if you aren't already. And I would love to hear what might already be working in your classroom as it relates to gamification. I'd love for you to shoot me an email over at hello at classroomnook.com and let me know what you are doing in your classroom that is a gamification style of instruction. All right, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will be back again next week with another episode. Bye for now.